Hey, friends. So this episode of the Judge John Hodgman podcast is only for donors. So if you're listening to this, thanks for supporting our show and all of the shows at MaximumFun.org. And as a special thanks to you, I want you to know that I recorded this special donors-only Judge John Hodgman in the nude. Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, a case of the Sundays. Carla brings the case against her boyfriend, Byron. Byron hosts a get-together with friends every Sunday. They noisily watch football, play video games, and indulge in food and beer. Carla has now moved in with Byron and objects to the noise and mess of his marathon hangouts. Should Sunday be a day of revelry or a day of rest? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. I wasn't feeling manly enough, so I went to Yankee Candle, and I'm so glad I did. I'm in my 50s, and you know guys my age tend to lose our rugged energy, but this candle really reconnected me to my masculinity. Letting that unmistakable, fragrant musk of manhood overwhelm my senses really reminded me of how great men are. I love men. I want to be in a room that smells just like men all the time. So thanks, Yankee Candle. I finally found something for me, and my boyfriend loves it too. Jesse, swear him in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God or whatever? I do. I do. Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that he spends his Sundays bear baiting? <laughs> um, I don't know if I can agree with that, but I do. we agree to the first part. <laughs> Judge Hodgman. Carla, Byron, how are you? You may be seated. So for an immediate summary judgment, first of all, is this Byron Allen of Byron Allen Comics Unleashed? (laughs) It's my my middle name is Allen. (laughs) Is it really? I had a feeling. I had a feeling that it was one of the Byron Allens. Byron, you got to set us up for a bit in our act. (laughs) I'm sorry. Here's a good way to do it. So, I hear you do a bit in your act about riding the bus. Jesse, bailiff Jesse, uh, you know I have a moratorium on hating on Byron Allen. Sorry, sorry, sorry. The, 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 man, the man was on real people. Okay, <laughs> give him his due. Uh, all right, Carla and Byron, for an immediate summary judgment, which I know you will not get for once, can either of you name, I can't even call it, the specific piece of popular culture. I'm not even sure that it's culture. Can you name the source for the quote that I gave as I walked Absolutely into the court? <laughs> Byron, do you want to take I, a guess? I don't even remember what the quote was. I have very short remember the smell of men. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. No, I do not remember. Uh, no, okay, so you, there was no way you were going to get it. It was from the Yankee Candle website. The pride of Deerfield, Massachusetts, by the way. Yankee Candle, the center of the universe. S-C-E-N-T-E-R of the universe. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. They sell Christmas stuff and candles all year long. And they also sell a candle called Mantown, which is a scented candle specifically for man caves. Our friend Paul F. Tompkins brought this to my attention. And this quote was a review by Ernest on the Mantown, the gentleman's name is Ernest, on the Mantown website at Yankee Candle. Uh, he really loved that Mantown 
uh, candle, and why wouldn't you? It has uh, comes in a jar, and on the jar is a label that says Mantown, and then uh, the, has a picture of a dude sitting there operating a remote control while looking at a TV. It is a candle specifically for <laughs> designed for the Man Cave movement. Yankee Candle oh. is the center of the universe and uh, has its finger on the pulse of every trend. Uh, but I weirdly, think we're Ernest, have to don't... look that up and maybe order it. <laughs> oh yeah, no, I'm going to. Whatever happens next, I'm going to sentence you guys to buy a dozen of those. All right. But the, but I, the, I can actually accept that just because that's intriguing. Because the issue at hand is that Byron Allen, not the famous comedian, but your the other one, but your boyfriend, is that correct, Carla? Yes. Right. Yep. Uh, your boyfriend uh, and current cohabitant or soon to be cohabitant? Soon to be. Right. Well, you current. Well, yeah. I mean, we're, we're she's officially moving in on the fifteenth, but she has been. Yeah. Yeah. One. So, Carla, you're officially moving in on the fifteenth of right. the month in which this podcast airs. Correct. All right. And uh, and so and the problem is that uh, Byron turns his uh, home and life into a giant man cave every Sunday. Is that correct? During the football season, yes. Okay. Now yes. it's sort of random mm -hmm. whenever he and his friends want to hang out. So during the football season, every Sunday, how many friends come over? I'm speaking to Carla right now. It's anywhere from two to five, I'd okay. say. Okay. Sometimes um, some of them will bring one of their girlfriends. Uh -huh. I'm not the most social person. I uh -huh. haven't really made much of an effort to get to know the the girls, but mm -hmm. I'm not really into football. It's just kind of a loud. You don't like them. You don't like the, you don't like the girlfriends. They think they're, honest, they think they're not, so great. Not too much. Oh, right. Okay. Let's, let's talk. Let's explore this. What's the problem with your, with your, uh, your boyfriend's friends, girlfriends, just between us gals, no one else is going to hear this. Well, actually, neither Byron and I really approved of them. Oh, really? It's Byron not is not really nice people. Is that true? Are you gonna Are you gonna sell out your bros? Oh, I'm in. Uh, this is 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 this on the podcast? Because I need to be very careful. And, yeah, everything. Uh, look, guys, wait a minute. Now that I've tricked Carla into saying mean things about your friends' girlfriends, <laughs> let me be clear. Everything's on the record. Okay. Okay. Then when I said just between I, us gals, I'm not actually a gal. At least. Physically, <laughs> I was joking. I mean, my um, my friends' girlfriends have unique qualities that I I can see what they their significant others see in them, but at times they can be very annoying. However, you know you know that you know that you can stop talking. You didn't have to say any of that. You realize. I, I do, I do, but I, I felt like it is necessary for like the and my friends don't need to hear this. So, uh, all right. So your friend, so your friends don't listen to podcasts, obviously, since you no. are happy to speak openly about their skank girlfriends. Exactly. <laughs> you said it, not us. Exactly. Yeah, but he said exactly. So, because you are confident, because these guys are not uh, podcast listeners, NPR types, they are sports fans. And they come over to your house of, of a Sunday afternoon. How long do they stay, Byron? I mean, especially during the uh, during the football season, yeah. they'll stay from like one to maybe ten or eleven at night, okay. just because the games start at one and end at eleven. Right, but most, fo most football games are ten hours long. 
well, it, there's the one to four o'clock games and the four to uh, eight o'clock games, mm. and then there's uh, an eight to midnight game. But we usually do not watch that whole game and because we, it's pretty late. And we're here. We're here at Pagatine Studios in in uh, in Portland, Oregon, uh, because I happen to be in Portland right now. And I just want to say to Alex, uh, you cut out. Uh, all of my vomiting just then when he described the schedule of football on Sunday. Okay, good. <laughs> I do, I, I do want to clarify that. I, I don't think... This it's not, I'm not against football. It just creates that effect in me. The idea of of all you dudes sitting there watching... Is it just you just watch football or do you do anything else? Oh, no, no. That's a, I mean, when this isn't just a football thing. I mean, we have like... We, we like to play games a lot. Right. Like, I mean, this especially during the football season, that definitely does... Uh, dominate most of our time but I mean, we play chess like a ton uh, we play risk we play uh video games uh-huh. i mean it's not just it's not just a sports thing it really is meant to be a dinner otherwise i mean the friends girlfriends wouldn't yeah. come over and okay. be entertained and stuff tell them about the meat uh, oh yeah well i'd like to hear about the meat <laughs> well my, my my two best friends are both butchers what? which and they actually yeah Whoa. and they uh so we get like Three cuts of meat, or my friend, you know, pays like a, you know, reduced cost amount Uh for this like really top quality meat, and so we make like he pays he he gets he gets the five finger discount, or I guess since they're butchers, it's probably the three and a half finger discount. Three and a half finger discount. Are any of them missing missing fingers? Uh, No. TK got his like. Do you see his his finger? He got like yeah. I mean, it's he like chopped his half his finger off. So. Is, T, oh. is, like, TK, not, is TK his name or is that just what you say because you haven't decided what to name him yet? It, T, TK is yeah, <laughs> Tommy. Yeah, it's it's, it's it's his nickname. Okay, so what kind of stuff do they bring over? They bring over steaks. Uh, I mean, we've had steaks, we've had burgers, we've had you know chunks of. Pig, cow, you name it. Yeah. Just chunks of them. I mean, just jig. I mean, it's still quivering half the time. <laughs> but that, that lineup reminds me of an entire year's worth of men's journal food columns. This month, steaks. Next month, burgers. Next month, steaks. <laughs> I can say that because I used to write that column. Uh, so that's cool. That sounds like a good time. How come you have to ruin it with football? Well, I mean, it's... That's it's, what I'm wondering. I mean, the... I mean, we do like football. We like it. But I mean, football is only on for like about a third of the year, maybe a little bit more. You know, our friendship was originally based just on football. That's why these things like, you know, got started like, well, it, it got started. Our friendship got started 10 years ago. But right. That's how Sunday things really came about. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, lot, lots of friendships start, start in different ways. Uh, it doesn't mean yeah. you have to do it forever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't still trade comic books with Tim McGonagall. I would. That sounds awesome. Uh, and, uh, what is, what is your age, Carla, if I may ask? 23. 23. And Byron, you're 14? 20, 20, uh, yeah, 14. Pretty much. I mean, I have the, you know, You're Carla's student 30. at school, I presume? Oh, God. No. Well, we actually met because I was a writing tutor, uh-huh. um, at University of Maryland uh-huh. and, uh, he was my 2T and uh-huh. that is actually what you call them. Yeah, no, I know. And then, I mean. That's one of the great pleasures of language is that you get to call someone who's being tutored a, a 2T. So listen, 2T, let me ask you this. Uh, how old are you? I'm 24. You're 24. And you guys met at the University of Maryland. You live in Maryland? Yeah. All right. And what and what do you what do you do with your lives? Uh, we both work in publishing, actually. Oh, um, I'm sorry. He uh, with his family company. Oh, and 
Uh, they publish things about um, government statistics and things like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's money in that. Those will keep coming. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I work at a company that publishes financial newsletters. I'm an editorial assistant. Oh, okay. So that's why Byron, you're, you you own your own home. Yes. 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 A freestanding house or a condominium. It's a, uh, it's like a, yeah, it's definitely a condo. I sent you the uh, floor plan as part of the evidence. I'll take a look at the floor so you... plan in a moment, but, but what, what is the, why would I, why would I look at a floor plan other than to feel extremely jealous about what you can buy in Maryland for, for $0? Do the I... neighbors complain? There actually was one incident um, oh, when Byron's funds were actually not there, but um, the neighbor downstairs is a cop mm -hmm. and he, there was a domestic disturbance going on because Byron was playing Madden. He gets very agitated, shall we say? <laughs> he was, yeah. but, so, but your friends weren't there. It was just Byron having a Madden seizure. The cop downstairs thought that there, that, that some, that someone was getting hurt. Yeah, I, I, I had like I came down like I was playing and I was losing in a game and I don't like to lose. Mm -hmm. And I like walked downstairs and this is like the first two weeks that I've like moved into the place. And I have my you know gamer headset on. I have my controller in my hand and like the, my opponent is just like like shit talking me. And this I open the door. It's a family, a family podcast. Sir. Don't please don't please don't start having a Madden seizure right now on the on the mic. Okay. You're having a <laughs> you're having a flashback, and I'm I'm afraid you're going to start kicking things over. It was it was pretty bad. Uh -huh. I opened the door, and there's just a cop there, and I'm like, oh oh my god. But is that the only time that that's ever happened? Even when you have TK that's and Spinny only... and Pikey and all your pals from where did you meet them again? Why are you hanging out with butchers? They're my friends from uh, like high school. Oh, from high school. Okay, cool. So, so even when all your high school friends are over, you don't have the, the, the police officer. I would imagine the police officer is like, why don't you invite me? I mean, he's our age. So we, we, I, I've never, I've tried to invite him over for dinner once or twice, but. Well, I, I have a feeling it does bother them, even if they haven't explicitly come up and like tried to break down the party, just because they have mentioned that they can hear what we say, even just in a a regular tone of voice because the floors and walls are so thin. Mm -hmm. And because Tootie and they, is always screaming. Just constantly. Um, and there was another time we ran into them and they were, you know, we saw their cats that they have and they were talking about how they don't really want to put too much money into their house mm -hmm. because they're leaving soon, but they bought the house at the same time that Byron did about a year ago. This is all, so I, I, I got to say, I, I object your honor, sustained. That's all circumstantial evidence. You don't have any complaints from them, specific complaints saying Tootie and his bros are causing a ruckus. Is the one thing from that cop. And and a floor plan. Let's take a look. They have said about the that they can hear basically everything. Yeah, but have they said, please stop talking to each other because we can hear you? They're not complaining about you talking to each other. They yeah. are tired of hearing the secrets that you tell to each other. And maybe they're tired of hearing you hug and kiss. This is a family podcast, but that's what they're saying. You understand that, don't you? Yep. The walls are thin. I understand. When a neighbor says that to you, that means they are hearing you fart or something else. So let's take, let's take a look at the thin-walled condo. What is this? This PDF is labeled the Matisse slash Picasso. 
What is that? Those are the fancy names of the two models. Ours is on the first page. Oh, okay. So you have a, a Matisse? Do no, you... I think it's a Picasso. Yeah, I thought it was a Picasso. Oh, yeah. No, that makes sense that it's a Picasso because I'm the way this is laid out, you can see the entire apartment uh, at 15 different angles. My cube, it's my cubism, cubism, cubism joke. All right. And where, did, where does this all, thank you. So where does this all go down? Where does the, where does the bro out happen? So the dining room and living room, um, that is open, even though there's like a dotted line across it. Right. Where You're supposed to... Optional columns. Well, we have the optional columns. Oh, okay. Just to... Do you have the optional fireplace? Yes. Okay. So you take over the entire dining room and living room for 10 hours. You bro out, you eat some steak, you play some Madden, you have some seizures, you do, you have your fun. 11 p.m. rolls around. Where are you, Carla? Well, there was a part-time job I had um, from July till this January. So mm-hmm. basically most of the football season, which kept me out of the house and was something else to do um, during, you know, these bro out times. And now that job has ended because I was a, a substitute riding instructor while someone was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Now I had my weekends back and now I had to figure out something to do on Sunday afternoons. Horseback riding? Yeah, I've, I've ridden since I was 11. Boy, oh boy. You guys are like characters from Sweet Valley High. <laughs> <laughs> she loves horses. Know. He loves sports. That's adorable. I don't mean that in a mean way. I'm sorry. That sounded very mean. I didn't mean it that way. But listen here, Carla, listen, I think I got to, I'm going to have a heart to heart with you just between us gals. I think you're taking, I think you're taking a lot for granted in your case because you know that when I hear about football, I'm going to vomit. Right. And you know, right. That, that uh, Byron just said he doesn't like to lose, which puts a, a, a hankering in this court's mind to make him lose. And so you're not, I don't even feel like you're making a case here. You want me to make my case? Yeah, make your case because you need to. This is not right. a done deal by any means. I understand. So I'm a quiet, loving person. When I'm going to, you know, prepare for my work week, I'd like a, to, you know, kind of quietly recharge, maybe read a book. And having the random screamings of a game that I don't understand and don't really enjoy is very disruptive to that. Mm-hmm. So I'm try- we have tried to compromise and find different ways to get around it. Um, Byron has tried to sort of near the end of the football season when it was just making me totally crazy um, that I couldn't go back uh, and hang out with him till like after 11, which is like, what's the point? Um it was just kind of like crazy making. <laughs> and um, so I would either like go up to the bedroom and try and read something, but you can still hear. We considered getting um, soundproof headphones. I bought some that were kind of cheap and bad. That didn't work. Um, Have the headphones I've, ever been used when they were over? I thought well, you were I, last I te- week. I tested them. Yeah. So, but they, and they were, they were bad head. They were like bad set. Yeah. Okay. So what? So what? So so you the, the argument is it's disruptive to you. Yes. And is it hurting your work performance? Are you falling off horses all the time now because you're because you're uh, 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 distressed? Well, that wasn't my. No, I know. I was just being silly. But is it is it hurting your work performance? 
Well, it does add stress to my life. And I sure. was experiencing a lot of extra stress at work just because uh, there had been like a lot of changes in the company. So I, I started this job in July and I've actually had four different positions in the company. And now I kind of do part of all of them. Okay. And so it's like a kind of a stressful job okay. right now. All right. When football is not in season, does this happen? Yes. Yeah. How there's... how often does it happen on Sundays or is it willy-nilly? Yeah, kind of willy-nilly. Is it's... that true, Tootie? I mean, I, I think it's more on, we, we definitely do it on Sundays, though the amount of people that come over is definitely less. Usually my friend Scott will come over, just one, you know, one, maybe two guys. And eventually, you know, maybe once a month we might have four or five when uh, during this football season we would regularly have four or five. Mm -hmm. And how come 10 hours? Like, why is that necessary? During the football season, it's it's not, you know, it's not 10 hours. It's probably more like, you know, three to four, well, starting at three or four o'clock and then maybe going till 10 o'clock or something like that. Uh-huh. There have definitely been times when the friends come over earlier, either to just hang out, play Madden, Minecraft or something. And They're so what, what do you want out of this, Carla? Do you, you want him to stop having his friends and just hang around and, and look at pictures of horses with you? Or you want me to put a limit on how often he can do this? You want me to change yeah. who he is and make him have a better taste in friends and stuff? What's going? What do you want me to do? No, I'd just like there to be some kind of order to it so that, you know, during the rest of the year, it's not like this kind of willy-nilly thing. There was a an incident that made me very grumpy last Wednesday when his friends were kind of there unexpectedly. And, you know, I wasn't really happy about it because it was disruptive and, um, you know, on a work night. But during the football season, I'd just like there to be maybe, you know, every other Sunday or maybe sometimes they'll go to the friends' houses or just have it not. Oh, they always come over to your house, Byron? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, all not many, you know, not many of my friends have their own place. No, they're, right not, now. No, they're not. They're not rocking a Picasso the way you guys are. Exactly. Right. And, uh, and you know, my I have like big screen TVs up right. and more. It, it like when I set it up my place, it was meant to be like a man cave. So it's right. You know the yeah. You understand that you are not a child, right? You are, and that you may have set this up as a man cave when you were a bachelor or living single, but now you have invited Carla to move in with you. Or maybe you haven't. Maybe she's just doing it anyway. Did you invite her to move in with you? That was the, the softest yeah I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, you now are sharing the space with another person, right? Not just me. He yeah. has two roommates. Yeah, too. that's and that's part of my argument. So I don't know when I should. Whoa, 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 wait a minute. You have two roommates. I have I have two. I have, I'm like the landlord, and I have two roommates, and uh, one of the roommates actually participates, uh, participates yeah. in this. Why is why is Carla's request that you put your uh, shenanigans on a regular schedule unreasonable? Well, I you know it is it is on a regular. It is on a regular schedule. What about that no, Wednesday incident where some dudes just came around? That was just a, like a freak, freak thing that never, never happens. Because I, I mean, six out of seven days of the week, we usually 
are at home watching a movie mm-hmm. and going to bed at 10, mm-hmm. 30. I mean, both get up very early, uh, you know, to either go to the gym, to go running or to get to work early. Mm-hmm. So, you know, getting ready for the day is like an important part. The Sundays are really the only time where the friends come over and, you know, I act like a kid again. You are a child. You're both children. You understand that, don't you? You're very young. Please don't give up your childhood yet. Plus, my nickname's Tootie, so I mean, like, <laughs> I, I, inescapable. So, but are you adverse to, uh, do you have any argument against my saying on Carla's behalf from now on, Sundays only, and otherwise no drop-ins by any friends? Uh, I would like there to be, like, a, a little bit of leeway in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, uh, by no means do I think it should ever occur at the very most once a month and even that would get annoying i would say you know given like maybe a leeway of six times a year you know once every two months just in case now you're going to start drawing up brackets and other weird sports things i don't understand that's hard i'm thinking that's going to be too hard to implement now you're going to get a whiteboard or something start writing this stuff down i have a couple more questions for you then i'm going to make my judgment wait really okay Oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tootie. Is there something you'd like to say? Aaron, I got my defense. I'm just holding back. Well, you know what? This is not a five-hour podcast. You should have been throwing this stuff out there. You guys really don't make your cases. Come on. What is it? Give me, give me your, two, your top three arguments for why, for why, for why the, the, the woman in your life who you've asked to share your life in your home is wrong. First, I'm, I want to say that I, I think really what Carla wants me to do is to spend time like maybe to split it, like have the Sunday dinners uh, twice a month and then to go out twice a month. Is that what you want, uh, Carla? Reasonable. Okay, go uh, on. I would, you know, you know no your woman problem. well. Go on. I have no problem like meeting her like halfway on this. I, I feel like it should be, you know, I can have my friends over three times a month and then go out to the bar once a month. Well, Main, you just said two times a month. That I, I said that was your, what you wanted. Oh. Um, the, and the reason is because, you know, I spend like 70% of my income on the home, like furniture, mortgages, utilities. It's a lot of money. Right. And so I really want to spend the majority of my time in my house with my friends and stuff like that. You know, I, at 24, I already have a very large amount of things that I'm responsible for. And, you know, getting these Sunday things, this is kind of the way that I like to relax. Uh, and I, for the, furthermore, I don't really like going to, you know, bars and things like that. It's not really what I like to do. Uh-huh. Uh, I like to hang out at my, I like to hang out at my home. And not only that, but, you know, bars also cost money and, and I, you know, don't have a lot of spare change. Well, that's my question. Uh, do you, you have two roommates, both dudes? Yeah. And you and you need them in order to pay for this. It, they they help a lot. Like I could manage it with just uh, just Carla, you know, and me. You know, it it definitely would have gives. No yeah, it definitely gives some. Yeah, exactly. We wouldn't have any uh, any furniture otherwise. And, and Carla, you and and you uh, you are you moving in out of necessity or desire? Desire. I actually was living down the street. Mm-hmm. And so why do you want to move in to, with a bunch of dudes? I mean, that's not really the appeal. <laughs> it's just being closer to Byron and sharing our lives together. It uh, also, you know, it substantially costs less for her to move in so she can save up to get a horse. Oh, oh, I understand now. 
So, so horse girl wants sports boy to give up sports for horse. Exactly. <laughs> is that right, Carla? <laughs> or is that just a variety headline that Hodgman read recently? <laughs> it's it's going to be it's going to be thesped by <laughs> Julia Roberts. No, that's not right. It's got to be young actors, and I don't know any young actors. So there you go. Mila Kunis is going to be Carla, and Tootie is going to be played by Channing Tatum. That's a dude, well, right? Yeah. Even they're too, sure. old. they're too old, too. They have the same hair color as Channing Tatum. I don't want to talk or... about Channing Tatum anymore. I'm pretty sure Tootie is going to be played by Kim Fields. Are you moving, are you moving in in From order to From the facts say... of life! Yeah, no, no, we got it. Thank you, Bailiff Jesse. I'm all about making valuable contributions to this podcast. <laughs> Uh, Tudor, are you saying that you want to, are you moving in to save up money for that horse? Are you talking to me or to Byron? Yeah, you're Tudor. You're Tudor. He's 2D. (laughs) Um, that's not the only reason, but the lower cost that I would have to, you know, pay to help out with, uh, utility things like that gives me more money to be able to save up for a a horse. This is a final, a final personal question. Are you guys... I suppose I would know by now if you were engaged. No, we are not. No, no we're not. Uh, do, would you like to propose right now on the podcast, Byron? My God, so romantic. I didn't think of that. Uh-huh. I should. We might it's have getting to. getting so red right now. We might have to have a, uh, a, another podcast later on in the future where I do something like that. So I'll have to start a fight. You know, you know what? You're both very young, so you don't have to rush into anything. I just thought we would make some podcast history together at the expense of your futures, but that's fine. I'm going to go now. I'm going to go now and, and light the candles in my in my man cave chambers and smell the wonderful sandalwood and musk and uh, be guided to the correct decision. I'll be back in a moment. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Carla, are you against these football parties or are you just against America? Uh, we'll call May, we'll call B. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about your chances? I don't know. I feel like he may be holding me in contempt a little bit, that I've made too many assumptions and that maybe I didn't argue as strongly as I should have. You really could have done a better job arguing. I mean, I'm not going to tell you otherwise. I'm a good humor and grumpy person. <laughs> Byron, how are you feeling about your chances? I'm not, I'm not, I'm not feeling strong. I got to be honest with you. Well, well, one of us has to win. One of us has to win. Uh, but, uh, you know, really, at the end of the day, is if he does go with me, um, I'm going to lose because Carla is going to uh, make me suffer in some other way. And uh, if he chooses Carla, will I lose regardlessly? So it, it, it's, a, it's a lose-lose situation for I me. Think perversely, that kind of helps your chances. <laughs> Couldn't you just rent Carla a horse? Well, that's what we're yeah. starting out, actually. There's a, you can lease a horse just like you lease a car. For like a, a set fee a month. You just so, have to be really careful about the condition it's in when you return it. <laughs> you know, I don't think you actually really have to be. I mean, you don't want to like do anything horrible to it. But, you know, as long as it's more or less in the same condition. You can... This got really dark really fast, unexpectedly. We'll let Judge John Hodgman deliberate and we'll be back in just a second with the verdict. 
everybody. My name is Dave Shamka. And I'm Graham Clark. And we are the hosts of a show called Stop Podcasting Yourself right here on the MaximumFun.org network. We're the first ever Canadian podcast to win a Canadian Comedy Award for Best Podcast. I think we went with that too early. I think we seem braggy. <laughs> it's a weekly comedy show, a very easygoing chat between Dave, myself, uh, guest, and we'll talk about things that we've overheard during the week and also Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Stop podcasting yourself. Head over to MaximumFun.org to download an episode today. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. I'd like to read to you from one of my favorite pieces of literature. Although all illustrations and specifications are believed correct at the time of publication, the right is reserved to make changes without notice or obligation. Windows, doors, ceilings, and room sizes may vary depending on the options and elevations selected. Optional items indicated are available at additional cost. You guys get what I'm saying, right? I'm not saying anything. I'm just, read, I'm just reading the fine print on, on this, uh, on this, uh, on this lay, uh, floor layout from the Matisse-Picasso collection. Um, but this is your condominium. That's kind of the point. You, you, you bought it with your own money. Isn't that right, Byron? Yes. Yeah. You're, you're a young man and you are house proud and yep. you know, you have, I'm presuming because you're a 24 year old single man who loves football. I have no doubt that you have terrible taste in furniture. You have terrible taste in friends, obviously, and a uh, terrible taste in how you spend your time. Like all 24 year olds. I'm just joking. I don't know anything about your taste, but I'm right. Aren't I Carla? Am I right? We don't have too much furniture yet, so it uh -huh. remains to be seen. Right. You just got the biggest possible TV you could get and some folding yep. lawn chairs. <laughs> right? No, not right. Quite. And a tricked out Xbox. And you're like, done and done. Bring the bros over. We're roasting steak <laughs> in the optional fireplace. Well, it's a gas fireplace. Mm. Can't get into it. <laughs> Car Carla, even if even if even if Byron has great taste, and you know, and I'm just having some fun with you there, Byron, you know, but this is what 24 year olds are supposed to be doing once they get their own place. I don't like it any more than you do. And I wish that yeah. these guys would just come over quietly on a Sunday afternoon and sit down in Rosie Greer style and do some needlepoint and live tweet Downton Abbey like normals. We do watch Downton Abbey. I love that show. Yeah, Byron. Here's the thing. I, I am, have a hard time telling any person, what to do in their own home. And mm -hmm. I think that Byron really takes legitimate and sincere pleasure uh, in watching these dumb sports games with his weirdo butcher friends and their dumb girlfriends. And I appreciate that it's completely disruptive. And I appreciate that it's very loud. But you are a person of independent agency who has chosen to very soon move into a home occupied not only by the bro that you're in love with, but two other bros. And the thing is that you're both really young. And while the court is very liberal in a lot of areas, it is weirdly conservative in that I do not believe in cohabitation before marriage. Not because I think it is sinful. I think that it is fine and awesome 
And people should spend all the time together they want, hugging and kissing and farting in ways that their neighbors can hear and have a good time. But when you cohabitate, you are essentially taking on the bad parts of marriage, which is shared responsibility for stuff and financial obligations that are boring and awful. And you and you don't even get the good parts of marriage, which is the lifelong commitment and the feeling that you're building a, a, a life together. And so you're moving into a situation in which you are getting nothing out of the, the, the joyfulness of cohabitation other than a little extra time with your your best bro and uh, and lovey uh, Tootie, uh, and a little extra money for a horse. So I'm not going to tell you how to live your life either, but I would say you should think twice about this because you are also a person who is young and building a life for yourself, and you deserve exactly what it is that you want, a a quiet space that is your own. Because whether you were to have proposed on this podcast or not, when you guys are ready to really move in together, that's going to be big sacrifice on both parts. And there's no reason for you to give up your independent lives and quiet and space of one own yet. You don't have to, because what you were doing when you move in with, with, uh, with Byron, and again, this is just my, this is not the advice, this is the advice of the court, not the order of the court. But when you were moving in with Byron, it's, uh, as soon as I learned that he had roommates, I realized this is not a young couple moving in together and building a life together. You're moving into a dorm. And I don't think that that's great, to be perfectly honest. And I cannot tell you how it pains me to not put Sportsy in his place and, and bring down the gavel on his head. Because I'm with you. It would be really annoying. But unless, unless it, is, it is impossible for you to have a place on your own, or if you're making the sacrifice to share space with not just your loved one, but two other dudes, um, you're going you you, to have to take that sacrifice and deal with it because you're going to get a horse out of it at the end. So sure. I've been pretty Um, mean to you, so I'm going to let you talk. I mean, the point of this is not to get a horse. That's the life goal that I've had. But, um, the, we kind of want to make sure that we're able to live with each other through these bad times, because who knows what would come in marriage that, you know, marriage, at least the way we think of it, doesn't it's not going to magically solve the you know stresses of life and you know right now is you know we don't have unlimited money we need roommates to be able to for Byron to mm-hmm. keep this house comfortably mm-hmm. so you know we just want to make sure that we're going to be able to solve conflicts whether it's through a podcast or through other means <laughs> <laughs> sure um, frankly I wouldn't worry about it that much I'm I'm married myself and. I can't imagine anything worse than having my wife's friends come over to watch football. <laughs> if you can make it through these dark times, you're set. No, I'm. You know, you, you guys, you guys are clearly very compatible. You guys are are nice. You clearly are mature for your age, which doesn't feel very young to you. But let me tell you something: it's young. And I certainly respect your decision to move in. But you are going to be giving up a lot of privacy, even if even if Byron wasn't as interested in football man cave throwdowns 
uh, you're giving up a lot of privacy and you're giving up a lot of peace and quiet. And that's part of the deal. Um, so, you know, if you want to see what a Paniwani fake marriage would be like if you were living at the turn of the century in a rooming house, guess what? You got it. But that is that is part of the deal. And and while I think that Byron is prepared to make a compromise of – he said he didn't want to meet you halfway, but he wanted to meet you 75 percent. So just, just sort of tear the house down three times a month rather than twice a month. Um, I, I think I, – I don't think that I could – I don't think I can really ask – you know, I, I don't think I can tell him what to do in his home more than to continue to – for you guys to work together and find a compromise. But I can't prohibit him from from having these dumb football parties. I mean I'm, I'm feeling you. Believe me. Every viber in my being wants to. But, you know, if, if, it, were your, if it were your apartment, I would – it would be the same. It would be the same. Um, when you guys, when you guys get married, if you get married, and you buy a place together, or you merge your finances, and you don't have roommates, maybe at some point, Byron, you're going to realize that it's important uh, to have uh, to your relationship to not have two dudes living with you, uh, and you and you make those changes, and then that's a different story. But right now, uh, the, the guy's got to bro out. I'm sorry. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the court. Carla, how do you feel? Pretty terrible. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> do you think you're going to be able to take it well? Um, I have a feeling we're going to keep trying to come to some kind of agreement. I was hoping that this would be an easy solution, that we could just get some kind of order from... John Hodgman, but I guess we have to actually go through and fix it. How are you feeling, Byron? I'm feeling like I should just give up everything right now and just screw the Sundays. Feel very bad, so uh, I'm gonna. I, I think I, I'm gonna do the two weeks thing. Just have the guys over for you know twice, two two times a month, and uh, I think that solves the compromise right there. Well, we'll have to see what the two of you work out uh, between yourselves. Let us know and we'll follow up on a future episode of Judge John Hodgman. I'm Thanks extreme, for joining us. I'm extremely cheered, by the way, Byron, that you that you are chastened in victory. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, you want to share your life with this person. You you know that you got to make this, these compromises. Exactly. And, and, and Carla, I, I really I don't I don't mean to question your life decisions as Strongly as it may have seemed, but you know, eyes open, both of you guys. Living together is not easy and not always fun, um, and oftentimes it's solved by a very simple solution among unmarried people, which is not living together. But I think you guys really want to do it, uh, and I'm and I'm glad to hear that uh, that Byron is, even though not legally ordered to compromise, is planning to do it anyway. And I really do wish you the best of luck. Thank you guys for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thanks for having us. I got to tell you, Judge Hodgman, I am feeling good. I just won the Super Bowl in Madden. I got to tell you something. When you take this Mantown candle and you get it all melted down and then you pour the molten Mantown wax all over your forearm, great feeling. Well, and we're both feeling really good. Let's take this opportunity to clear the docket. 
Here's something from Alex. I seek a court order outlawing the practice of gifting liquids to persons traveling via airplane. So ordered. <laughs> go, on, go on and read and read the, the rest. This past holiday season, my wife was given a large bottle of liquid soap and I received a bottle of scotch. The acceptance of these gifts necessitated that we check our bags on our return flight home. I believe gifting liquid items creates a significant inconvenience to the traveler. There's often a fee for checked luggage and shipping the items home can be costly. This practice demonstrates either a lack of foresight on the part of the gift giver or a total disregard for the difficulties they are creating with such a gift. All right. My wife argues that that the whole thing is moot because we had always intended to check our bags on the return flight. She also believes the gifts are meant to be thoughtful gestures and that any inconvenience created is insignificant. And I should be thankful for the gift that I did receive. I asked the court to issue a declarative ruling that the practice of liquid gift giving to the airborne traveler should be avoided at all costs. First of all, let me review my policy with regard to checking baggage. Go ahead and check your bags, everyone in the world. It's not, it's not, (laughs) it's not that big a deal. You know what I mean? Like, it's actually, it's an incredible convenience to not have to carry your bags around with you all the time. And while I know there are obviously nightmares and horror stories or whatever, if you can check your bag with reasonable assurance that it's not going to uh, delay you by 15 minutes on the other end, uh, or or you're not going to lose your bag, you should do it. And here, here, here are my rules personally for when I check my bag. If I am taking a direct flight, uh, I will check my bag. The only exception would be if I am seated in, say, business class, and I know the type of aircraft that I'm traveling in, and I know that my bag will fit in there, uh, basically, if I have 100% assurance that there will be room for my bag, wheels out, that will not take space from anyone else, and it will not cause a huge hassle by standing in the middle of the airplane trying to shove a huge bag into a space that doesn't fit, then maybe just for a treat, I'll carry it on. But otherwise, just go ahead and do it. And especially in this case, you, you were planning to check your bag anyway, so I don't know what you're complaining about. But that said, I will make your order. Everyone, this is not a sin. No one has callous disregard for anyone else's travel plans. We just haven't quite figured it out yet. But if you hand someone a bottle of wine right before they're about to get on an airplane, that puts them in a difficult position if they weren't going to check their bags. In the high computer commercial years in my life, when when things were, you know, I was frequently going out to California, and I was frequently being flown in in business class or even sometimes better, and I wasn't checking my bag a whole lot. Uh, I made friends with the guy that the company hired to drive me around. He was a a, a, a a Russian dude, or born in Russia, who owned a fleet of town cars, and we became friendly. And he would always give me. Uh, a bottle of uh, vodka that uh, was flavored with hot peppers, which is something that uh, you love to get when you are arriving in town, but not very useful when you are getting out at the airport to get onto a plane. Many a gate agent received an impromptu gift of vodka from me because that was not something that I could bring on board, nor was it something that I really felt like putting into my bag and checking for fear that uh, all my clothes would be flavored with broken glass and hot pepper by the time I got out. 
I love that guy, Alex. I love you. And I love vodka and I love hot pepper. Everything about that gift was thoughtful and wonderful, even the 15th time that it happened. But, you know, it's just hard. There you go, Jesse. That's the answer. I have to say that if you travel exclusively by rigid airship like me, this isn't really an issue. You're talking about a Zeppelin? Sure. You know about my moratorium on Zeppelin jets? I wouldn't have called it a Zeppelin. That's cliched. Go ahead. (laughs) Here's something from Dana. I'm a big proponent of the that's what she said way of life. What? I'll use the phrase when one of my friends drops some unintentional innuendo. I will also occasionally that's what she said myself if I'm the one to make the embarrassing statement. My husband objects to anyone calling that's what she said on themselves. I say if the innuendo-laden statement was said without forethought and the that's what she said is spontaneous, then the only crime I've committed is beating my husband to the punchline. We've already brought this issue to our friends, but unfortunately, the verdict was split evenly, directly along gender lines. Who's right, Judge John Hodgman? First of all, I, I, presu- I, I may have mispronounced that because it sounded like it was just them saying, who is right? And then replying, Judge John Hodgman. And that's obvious. You don't have to say that. That's what she said. <laughs> Which is to say, what? you didn't have to say that. You don't have to say that. No one has to say that anymore. There is no that's what she said way of life, first of all. Unless you are going to actually start, build an ashram and start a cult where everyone says that all the time. But that is pretty much the TV show The Office for the last half of its run. And while I don't like to take catchphrases away from people, this one I think has clearly run its course. Both of you stop saying it altogether. It was also, even at its peak on The Office, which at its peak was a very wonderful television program, a parody of a man who didn't know what humor was and was insensitive to the social situation around him at all times. Although I do have to say the the image of the woman who wrote the letter, Dana, making a little, make, saying something that she recognizes as a little, a little sexy and then saying to herself, that's what she said, like by herself in the kitchen, is kind of adorable. So that's She's the only the time. Ramp, certainly. Yeah, that's the only time. From now on, you, you tell you and your husband, the only time that you are allowed to say that's what she said is when no one else is around. So in a way, Dana, you win. But in a bigger way, we all win. That's what she said. That's what she said. <laughs> no, that's what she said. That's that's what she said. Maybe if you change the emphasis. What is- that's what, what did she, she say? That. That is. Oh, oh, God. We gotta go. She said that. She said that. The Judge John Hodgman Podcast is a production of MaximumFun.org. Our special thanks to all of the folks who donate to support the show and all of our shows at MaximumFun.org slash donate. The show is produced by Julia Smith and me, Jesse Thorne, and edited by Mark McConville. You can check out his podcast, Super Ego, in iTunes or online at gosuperego.com. You can find John Hodgman online at areasofmyexpertise.com. If you have a case for Judge John Hodgman, go to MaximumFun.org slash JJHO. 
If you have thoughts about the show, join the conversation on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org and our Facebook group at facebook.com slash Judge John Hodgman. We'll see you online and next time right here on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.